I would say to myself that you're not weird at school. Everyone else is just a dick. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Stick to your guns. It's going to work out. Yeah. Recorded live at Machine Town London, this is the Band Before the Band Before podcast, and I am your host, Chaz Langston. And welcome to episode three. I just hope it's as good as Rocky Free, one of the best movies of all time. Well, actually, that's a pretty bold statement. Um, I promise you it'll be as good as Look Who's Talking Free, more commonly known as Look Who's Talking Now. I think, that, I think that's the one when the dogs talk. So if you didn't already know, this is a show in which we take our guests way back to the very beginning and we talk to them about their journey right up until the point until they actually became successful. Now let me tell you about today's guest. This band, in my eyes, one of the most exciting new fresh bands out there right now. And I was lucky enough to get to chat to them just a couple of days before the release of their belting debut album, Congregation. So during this episode, we talk about EPs that have been deleted and are never to be spoken about again. We talk about entering talent competitions and losing to an elbow tribute act. You'll hear me massively embarrass myself when they tell me the story about how they got signed. And we find out how Toto's Africa become the soundtrack to a funeral. Anyway, I think we've heard enough from me. Let's get into episode three. All that rhyme. It's time for this week's episode of the Band Before the Band Before podcast with our guests, Amy and Alex of Witch Fever. Yeah, or just quickly, we are we're at our practice room, so like there are other bands playing around, but I think we should be fine. Oh man, that's fine. That makes it even better. Hopefully, no one comes in next to us and starts yeah. absolutely hammering the drum kit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to the show. How are you both doing? Good. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. What's going on? You're down in Manchester, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're just at our practice room at the minute. Just been prepping some stuff for the release of the album. Amazing. I can't wait for it to come out. 21st of October. 21st of October. <laughs> and London the 22nd. And London the 22nd. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right. So let's go right back to the beginning then. So where were you born? Uh, I'm from Warwick originally. Uh, I moved up to Manchester about six years ago though. And I'm from um, Silston in West Yorkshire. And you both moved to Manchester for the music scene? Uh, I, we both came here for uni, so nice. I studied I studied music at uni. Um, yeah, I went to art school. Yeah, and then kind of met each other just through being out and about. Yeah. Okay, and so let's talk about picking up your instrument. So you're the bass player, right, Alex? Yes. And you're the vocalist, yeah. Amy, right? But you are not just a vocalist. Like, you play... In... I play a bit of guitar and a bit of piano, yeah. So let's start with you then, Alex. Uh, do you remember the first time you ever picked up a bass? Uh, yes, I was about 11 and I just watched School of Rock. <laughs> um, and I used to, so I used to play the cello growing oh, up. Oh, wow. When I was a kid, I used to play violin and cello. So you're a proper musician. And then I saw School of Rock and I literally was like, turned it on its side. <laughs> <laughs> um, my dad, so my dad's a guitarist as well, he plays guitar. So it was always kind of like brought up around music and instruments and stuff so i think when i kind of expressed interest in wanting to play bass was very he was very keen for me to learn oh amazing so you come from quite a musical family uh, well i mean he's in like a dad rock band but <laughs> <laughs> music, he's a dad around. 
Yeah, he's yeah. a dad. He's allowed. <laughs> so you started off with bass. You didn't start guitar or anything like that. No, I started off on bass. I, I do play guitar, but I kind of picked that up much later. Um, I've not had any. I've had bass lessons. I never had any guitar lessons. I kind of just like wanted to play. Wanted to learn so that I could write my own music, basically. Right. And how about you, Amy? Do you remember picking up an instrument for the first time? Um, I think I got a guitar when I was like, um, maybe 15. Um, and I had piano lessons when I was like 11, 12. Um, and I think I started singing when I was like about 15. Yeah. Because it's always interesting when I speak to vocalists, because uh, quite a lot of the time they obviously start playing an instrument first. Yeah. And then... Do you remember making the conscious decision to sing? And do you remember whether it was because you wanted to or whether it was because no one else in the band was up for it? <laughs> what do you mean, like... When you first ever started Witch singing? Fever, or when I was a kid? No, no, like, pre, yeah, like pre-Witch Fever. Um, I think, like, I don't remember making a con- conscious decision, but I remember being, like, 12, like 12 or 13... And like people, like my parents and stuff, had always told me that I'd got a nice voice, like from when I was a kid, just like singing and like being stupid or whatever. And like, I think it was just in my head that I could sing. And then I just like sat and wrote some songs to piano um, and just kind of carried on with it. I was in like, I did a few like um, competitions, like at school and stuff like that. And then um, I joined my church band and I was like a backing singer in the church band. Um, so, yeah, it was just kind of, I just did it. I'm not really sure what made me do it. <laughs> so you, you were saying you were writing songs. So you were writing songs from a yeah. young age. Yeah. Yeah? What sort of age were you talking about then? Well, there were, a lot of the songs were about like, heartbreak so probably like 14 15 <laughs> i think that's when i started i think i started writing around the time that i became interested in voice yeah, <laughs> very hormonal very angsty and emotional um we still are yeah <laughs> well um, this although I, ho- I hope my songwriting has got significantly better <laughs> than when i was you know what i actually just recently privated uh, an entire YouTube channel that was all songs when I was 15 years old. Right. So no one will ever see those. Ah. I, I actually had to hack into my own YouTube <laughs> to get them all down. It took me ages. <laughs> well, do you know what? I might have to bleep that bit out of the podcast for you because the internet always finds a way. Do you know what I'm saying? There's yeah, always something. Like- but I deleted it all. They're going to leak your sample. <laughs> But do you remember any of the songs that you wrote back then? Do you remember any titles or lyrics or anything like that? Yes. Yep. I had an EP. You had an EP? Oh, amazing. Um, You're a pro. The EP was called... No, wait, you know what? I shouldn't be saying this because (laughs) what if it is on the internet? What if it is on the internet? Oh, but I don't want anyone to find it. You know what? 
gonna I'll do tell it. you what, for a tease, why don't you tell me and I'll bleep it out. Do you promise though? I promise, I cross my heart. And we I want it in writing. <laughs> Either your your um your PR lady's got it in writing that I will take out anything that you uh, aren't happy I'll with. Point, so. I'll point you down right. So <laughs> I had it was called That's a secret. <laughs> And it was about my ex-boyfriend who I was very heartbroken about. Um, and there was another song. Shit. I can't remember what the song names were called, but the EP was called. And it was very sad. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember any lyrics or anything? Um, <laughs> you don't want to remember. <laughs> I, I do remember all the lyrics. Um, I... I'm not going to share them with you. However, I will share that we have a span um, called and he um, has some of those lyrics tattooed on his leg. Oh, wow. That I wrote when I was like 15. Now that's a fan. That's it's wild, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, like those are lyrics I never want to think about, but they're on his <laughs> leg. So. <laughs> um, so, yeah. How about you, Alex? Do you remember any of the songs that you wrote all those years um, ago? I mean, I remember stuff like from 17 onwards. Like, again, I have like a SoundCloud channel that has some stuff up. Nice. But um, I'm not that embarrassed by it. Uh, good for you. I feel like post-17, everything was kind of all right. Yeah. Yeah, pre-17, pre I feel like I've just, I've just, there's no memory of it, no recollection. No. Um, I've got various like, I've got various like diaries with loads of like doodles and old old lyrics in that I just like I can't bring myself to get rid of but I also never want to read. Okay, so let's talk about influences. Who's the first band, solo artist, song, whatever, that really made you think, I want to do this? McFly. Really? Yeah. I loved McFly. Loved in a past tense? Was that um, a past tense for McFly? Well, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't enjoy what they do now, but I, I love McFly. I love Paramore. I loved Evanescence. Yeah. Honestly... When I was really young, I'm like, but the, like the first bass lines I wanted to learn were all the Muse songs. <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah. I used to. What are you laughing at? For you said McFly. No, Muse is worse. like Muse is worse. Yeah, um, yeah. Again, my my dad's big into prog rock. Right. So I kind of grew up on like Muse, like Pink Floyd. Um, yeah, I think like one of the first. One of the first ones I got into by myself, like my dad kind of showed me them, but the one of the ones I first really delved into was The Cure. Nice. Um, yeah, I think from The Cure kind of stemmed into more of the music I'm into now. But yeah, back back in the back when I was a little kid, it was like Muse. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember any songs in particular that made you want to like learn it note for note? Hysteria. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember that was one of the when I first like picked up the bass, it was like my challenge to myself to learn. Yeah. I got the sheet music for My Immortal by Evanescence. Oh, okay. And played that on piano and sang along to it. 
Yeah, to yeah. your heart's content. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> I once played it to my granddad, and I think it made him very sad. Yeah, well, it's quite a sad song, anyway, isn't it? Oh, you've been called. Sorry, I was just being called. That's all right. Is that all right? Yeah, of course. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about being a musician. When was the first time you thought to yourself, I'm a musician now? Um, I think like a lot changed when we signed with MFN for me. I think that was like the kind of moment where I was like, oh shit, this is kind of becoming real. Um, I think before that, like, we were obviously musicians and we were gigging a lot, but like nothing was quite on that like professional boundary. But I still feel like I still have like a level of anxiety about referring to myself as being like a professional musician, which yeah, is dumb I still, because I'm so apt. But <laughs> I still get like, um, what's the word? Like imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome with it because it's like, it's like, like, you know, when people ask you, what's your job? So like, I, at the moment, when I'm not touring, I work full time in a kitchen. So when someone asks me what my job is, I can't be like, oh, I'm a musician. Because when I'm working full time in a kitchen, I'm not a musician. I'm yeah. A yeah. So like, it's just kind of like, there is, there is a level of imposter syndrome. And it's like, I feel like I'm going to be, the, the only time I'm going to be 100% comfortable with calling myself a professional musician is when that is actually what my full time job is. Right. Yeah. You know? I mean, it should be our full-time jobs by now. It's just the climate that we exist in makes it impossible. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, come October 21st, I'm sure that's all going to change, right? Hopefully, yeah. I don't want to work in a bar anymore. <laughs> I don't know. The album might just totally bomb. Don't even, don't, <laughs> don't even put that into the universe. It's not going to bomb. It's not going to bomb. Be <laughs> it's going to beat Arctic Monkeys in the chart. Oh yeah, we 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 have an album clash with with a uh, so we're releasing our album Arctic Monkeys and Taylor Swift are all releasing our albums on the same day. Oh wow, you got a fight on your hands. So it's a real chart battle that, that, that <laughs> we've already lost. I <laughs> know. Oh, the reason why I reached out to you is because uh, you're one of the most excited bands I've heard in a while, man. I think uh, the scene at the moment is just it's making me really excited. Like there's so yeah. many good bands um, coming up at the moment. It's it's fucking yeah. great, especially in like the punk scene. Yeah, I, I think we definitely we definitely feel like a buzz mm-hmm. about us for sure. Like mm-hmm. we're very like grateful. I think we're like downplaying it a bit there, but like there's a lot of really cool shit happening for us. Mm. Yeah, like everyone is weird. Like we talk, I'll talk to friends and they're like, "Oh my god, so much going on for you," and I'm like, "Is it like <laughs> sick?" Like I think when you're in it, it's kind of hard to see it sometimes. talk about fashion when you started like playing music do you think it affected your fashion sense at all and if so are there any faux pas that you regret along the way oh my god so many (laughs) um i used to my like my my self-imposed uniform when i was little my dad bought me an acdc top nice um it was when around when that like black ice tour was yeah yeah i was like 10 maybe yeah, he bought me an ACD shop and I had some fingerless netted gloves from Claire's that I used to wear. <laughs> and I also had like a, a camo 
hat with like a Demonte skull on it. <laughs> and uh, and this is why I just now well, I exclusively wear black because I'm just scared to wear <laughs> anything else. <laughs> I think that in terms of fashion and like stage wear, I like have sort of fallen into a certain style of clothes that I wear on stage where I like, I usually, most of the time I'll wear like a bra or like a sports top or something like that. And like, I'll mix like feminine, more like lingerie with like, I don't know, like sports shorts or like trainers and stuff and like fishnets. And I've always like, I've ended up doing this thing where I like mix the two and I didn't really realize why I was doing it. And then because I've done it so much, I've like now attributed like meaning to it. Um, kind of, but also it's so like the makeup that I do on stage, like most gigs, I don't know how to stop doing that, when to change it. I feel like I'm stuck forever in it and I don't know if I should change it. I don't know if it's getting old now. Like, I'm not sure. So stuff like that, I'm totally in this like routine of wearing the same things every time and doing the same with my makeup and when I've been doing it for so long it's hard to like hard to change it I don't know uh, I feel like my most of the own I'd say like the fashion faux pas I make now is more just wearing things that are like I can't play in them but I'm like determined that I will <laughs> make it work and I spend like I can wear a set like trying to pull it down like it's more like a risk thing <laughs> than anything else at this point <laughs> One, two, three, four. What bands have you been in before you formed Witch Fever? Um, I fronted my own band for a while called Apathy. Yeah? Uh, It was like post-punky shoegaze kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I was in a couple of bands before I moved to uni too, but like nothing... Nothing like serious. We did a couple of gigs. Um... And then when I moved to Manchester, not really. I think when I was in like my first year of uni, I tried to start a band, but it just like didn't really work. Um, and like, yeah. And then I just fell into Witch Fever and then that was it. Really. Yeah. Do you remember the first gig you ever done, whether it be a school performance or in a venue? Um, I remember like, because I was in choirs and stuff at school um, and I played bass in the jazz band at school as well. Oh, wow. So I remember doing, I remember doing like that when I was younger. Um, I also remember like when I was probably like about 11, my dad used to get me to play with his band sometimes. Like I'd go up and sing a song for them. Amazing. Well, like pub gigs and stuff. Uh, yeah, it's just like it's just like local kind of shows and stuff. But um, I feel like I definitely remember when I first like performed my own music when I was like seventeen. That's kind of when I started gigging. Like I remember just being absolutely ruthlessly nervous. Mm. I can't I can't remember the first time ever. But when I was quite young, before I'd been in a band before, I entered a competition called Fall Fest. Yeah. It was in a town hall. And um the headliner, it was a competition and but they also had a headline act that did a impression of Elbow, I think. <laughs> um, Christ. And um he was called Bazman. 
Um, <laughs> and I sang Nine Crimes by Damien Rice. Oh, wow. Um, and I got beaten. What? You got robbed. But it's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. Yeah. That, and I was, yeah, same. I was shaking like an absolute leaf. I hated every second of it. I was yeah. so nervous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember... My first, so which we've been going for about a year before I joined, and I remember the first gig was up in Sunderland. Right. Really? Yeah, that was my first ever gig with you guys. And I remember, like, I, I, I was kind of, like, quite comfortable gigging and stuff at that point, but, like, playing with you guys for the first time, and, like, the, there was so much more of, like, an atmosphere and, like, energy to what I was used to playing, and I was, like, literally just, that, just dripping with sweat. Was that that record? Yeah, shop? it was some, like, record shop. Oh my god, I got my tits out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that was back in the day when I used to get my like actual tits out. Yeah. And then I had to stop because it was just it. It's, yeah. It just wasn't it, working. It wasn't landing. <laughs> no, it really wasn't landing. Like I was, I was coming from a free the nipple angle, and men didn't see it like that. Right. It, no. It just wasn't. It ended up, the whole show ended up being about my tits. And yeah. you know what? As lovely as they are, I don't really want everyone's hard work to be overshadowed by my breasts. That's the quote of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Annabelle, our drummer's dad. Like, so. Oh, my God. So Annabelle's dad one time saw us play years ago and um, I took my top off and my bra off. And the next day, he said to me that he couldn't eat his fried eggs with his breakfast. <laughs> I will never forget that. <laughs> I will never forget that. <laughs> Very funny. Oh, that's, that's great. <laughs> Do you remember the the worst gig you've ever done? There've been so many. <laughs> um, and again, this is not just this isn't based on like your current band. This this could be like any band you've been in. Oh, I I definitely think we've had I've had the worst gigs ever with you guys. Either, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we we played in Amsterdam once, and literally not a single person showed up. Wow, we've all been there. Um, Although I kind of, do you know what? I was like, I was what, like 21, maybe 2021 at that point. I was in Amsterdam and I was like, do you know what? I don't really care. Um, I always remember when we played, it's the venue in Guildford. Um, it was with Bob Villain. Do you remember? And they had like a sound, they had like a, de- a really strict decibel limit on it. Right. Um, and it was like just a load of like, kind of old unappreciative dudes at the front and we were already playing like half the volume we normally would and I just remember looking up and just seeing rows of men yawning no really yeah oh, it, was wild. it was awful <laughs> oh fuck those guys yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah how about you Amy can you remember your worst ever gig um oh, they've been like the ones that are like hard for me are when like there have been occasions where like sorry I'm being very serious now there have been occasions where one of us has been like groped or heckled or like been intimidated and like 
stuff like that has happened more times than way many more times than it should um like there was this one, one in bristol that like yeah. was sort of the start of us being really vocal about existing as like women and queer people in a band and how like it's really hard to navigate the music industry because we're seen as like a commodity and because we're seen as our bodies before our music um so yeah there was one particular one i think it was 2017 in bristol where like it was just a, a, a weird event after a weird event yeah. and like someone asked if i could give them a lap dance a guy told me that he was going to wank at the back of the stage. What? Someone grabbed Alex around the neck. Yeah, someone told Alicia. One of the other band members, uh, no, one of the other bands, a guy in it heckled Alicia to take her top off. Yeah, one of the guys in the like, other uh, bands. Right in front of her going, take your top off, take your fucking top in off. In the other band. Even, yeah, before we had even played the set, some man tried to get on stage and he asked me whether I knew I was playing a bass, not a guitar. What the fuck? He's got less fuck. strings. Seriously, yeah. this is all in one game. Amy, Amy, Amy went like this and dinked With, a glass. Yeah, yeah, fucking I, good on ya. <laughs> what a... But then afterwards, I was so upset and shaken up that I went outside and I was sat in my bra on the street in Bristol and I was like really snotty nose and I was crying. And I had to blow my nose on a leaf and then I got a really bad nose infection because the leaf was obviously really dirty because <laughs> it was right on the side of the road. So that was wild. <laughs> yeah. So that was one of the worst gigs ever. Yeah, I feel like... hell. Well, I don't think that'll be topped. I, that, no, that was, hopefully not. Do you know what? Obviously, that's fucking disgusting. But what surprises me the most, is not that men would behave that way, obviously, because men are dicks, but fucking... That it happened in Bristol. Oh, no. I know. Every, every other time we play Bristol, we have the best time. Like, no. Bristol's one of our favourite places to play. Bristol's like... Such a it's wow that's that's unreal. Well, I'm sorry that I'm sorry that happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was really poorly organised. There wasn't security. Like it, it just like it wasn't normally. Obviously, a gig. If one of those instances happened, there's someone kind of there to communicate with that you can kind of someone can control the environment slightly more. Yeah. But like there was just no. We were kind of just left to fend for ourselves. Yeah, it was weird as fuck. And also, what's more annoying is that everyone in the audience saw this happening. A lot of men in the audience saw this happening, and we're just kind of laughing. Mm, really? It was very frustrating. All the other bands just kind of stepped back and let it happen. All the watch. other bands? Sure, one of them was involved oh, with it. Fuck <laughs> me. If you're in a band and you play that night, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I know exactly who the bands are. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they live in Manchester. Yeah, really? Oh, really? Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, if you're listening, fuck you and your shit band. <laughs> well, it's fine. We're doing better than all of them now. Exactly. <laughs> They're the ones who are never going to stop playing those shit gigs and fucking well, exactly. get nowhere. Do you know what I mean? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely the, that was definitely the worst gig we've ever done. Yeah. I, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's definitely the worst gig that I've heard that anyone's ever done. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we win, we win. <laughs> <laughs> Baby blue rhino. I saw you dancing. 
Okay. On a lighter note. On a lighter note. On a lighter note. And this is a lighter note. When's the first time you've ever thought to yourself, we're fucking doing this? Um, I think when we found out, for me, when we found out about the Idols tour. Same. Yeah, when we got nice. that, that was the first, like, because we got the offer, we got the offer for Brixton, and then, like, literally, was it hours later, we got the offer for Europe? Yeah. And wow. I was like, holy shitballs. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it was the Idols thing, because that, that was the first big tour um, in terms of, like, size of venues and, like, size of the band. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first yeah. big tour. Because so. we, we found out about it, like, years before it happened, obviously, because we found out, during covid stuff so it actually got pushed back for like a year and a half yeah so yeah it was probably like two two years ago mm. it was september when we got the offer for it. Mm. Oh, really? so yeah it was pretty much like two years ago and then obviously we only ended up going last april march uh february february <laughs> around around that time yeah january <laughs> It wasn't January. <laughs> January was Brixton. Brixton was January. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's kind of even better in a way because obviously the length of time people have had to wait when gigs started happening again, crowds were just so fucking like, yes. Yeah. That Brixton show. So obviously, like, I played so many shows, which people are like, I never get nervous for anything now. Like, even if I have like butterflies, like, it's still cool. Like, I know what I'm doing. That Brixton show, like, I think because we were in the van on the way down and I was like, fuck like it's actually happening like i was that was probably the most nervous i've ever been to play any show yeah like yeah and my hand i went on stage and my hand was like shaking it was sick though <laughs> yeah it was amazing i wasn't even nervous you know yeah that I, I remember walking onto the stage and i just felt a little bit like this is gonna sound really bad i don't mean it in a bad way but i kind of felt a bit numb to it i just walked on and i didn't feel any specific intense emotion oh you're in the zone and then at the end like i really enjoyed the set and then at the end i was like oh that was really fun like but yeah when i was going on stage i wasn't nervous yeah at the end of the set i was like flying there was so much like adrenaline coming through and i was like oh my god i was like guys we're all going out shots like we're all partying and then literally <laughs> i think i sat down on the sofa for a minute and i was like i was i could have fallen asleep and, like all of the adrenaline left my body and i was just like the most exhausted i'd ever been in my life yeah <laughs> do you mind me got uh, me asking you guys do you remember the story of how you got signed yeah so we it's weird actually so we were playing we were booked in for this kind of like diy punk show in london it was in like the arse end of east london it was on some like basically like an industrial estate um i remember we've been booked in it for ages and then it wasn't meant to happen for like several reasons like they yeah. were gonna the supports dropped out they were gonna pull the gig and then we were like we've already paid for our mega bus tickets so like can you reimburse them and they're like oh well fuck it we'll put it on anyway and we kind of like had heard that julie was gonna come down but it was one of the things we were like they always say someone's gonna be there you know yeah um Amy had tonsillitis. Oh, God, oh wow. Yeah, Julie came along. I remember then we missed our Megabus home, so we got stranded in Victoria Station until like three o'clock in the morning. Fuck. But it worked out in the end. It did work out in the end. I'm kind of glad it was such like an arduous gig. Um, we very, very nearly did not do it. Imagine yeah. that. Imagine that. It's just, it's so funny because every time I ask that question, there's always, there's always some sort of like random drama involved 
You know what I mean? It's uh, never yeah. like, oh, we just uh, ask someone to come and watch. It's never like an episode of like California Dreams or anything like that where you get like, I've got a gig at Sharky's. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm probably showing my age then. I'm for, do you remember California Dreams? California Dreams. Well, that was embarrassing. Bloody hell, Chaz. They're in one of the coolest up-and-coming bands in the country right now. You can't talk to them about TV shows in the 90s. It was a bloody brilliant show, though. I wonder what Jake and the gang are up to these days. Surf dudes with attitude, kind of groove it. No. No, let's move on. What would you say is your best gig you've done? My Chemical Romance, yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah. No, also, Leeds Fest. Reading or Leeds for me. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. It's either Leeds Fest or My Chemical Romance for me. Yeah, same. How did you feel walking out on stage for both of those? Honestly, very calm. Yeah, was yeah. very calm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, My Chem was crazy. I feel... It's kind of weird, like, the more people you play to, the kind of easier mm-hmm. it is. Because I feel like I find it much easier to get in, like, my zone and, like, my performance, like, like yeah. alter ego. Um, so, yeah, I was just kind of ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Reading, Reading was really fun. Reading and Leeds were really fun because we didn't know what kind of crowd we were going to have. And obviously, right. like, everyone who was there came specifically to see us, which is cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was very, it was very, like... Um, it was a nice surprise. Yeah, it gave me a massive confidence boost because it was like with the t- the tents were packed out both days. I know. Also, I saw a review that said that we had a small crowd. There was like two thousand people there. Oh like, man! Come on, fuck <laughs> <Not> you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the, these next few questions are a little bit sort of off-piste. So, are you ready? Yeah. Yes. All good, all good. This is what I call the final four-way. If you were a wrestler or a fighter of any sorts, what would your entrance music be? Um, you know what? I cheated and I read the questions before this. That's all right. Mine would be Venom by Little Tim. Good choice. Nice. I'm going to say Pain by Boy Harsha. Okay. That's a great one. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you know what, what kind of a fighter you'd be? A scrappy one. I, would, I feel like I'd fight. <laughs> I would use it any means necessary. I feel like I would just, yeah. I'd, I'd fight. be a scrappy one, I think. Yeah. 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 Okay. What do you think is the greatest TV theme tune of all time? Intro or outro? Oh, um, Twin Peaks. I fucking knew nice. that was coming. I was watching you and I was like, she's going to say it. Twin Peaks. Andrew Valentine. You're the first person that said Twin Peaks, actually. Nice. Which surprises me. It's a great choice. Mine. Yeah, Files. Oh, Another great Doctor choice. Who. Or Doctor Who. <laughs> yes, I was Doctor Who. Yeah. 
Yeah, all right. This is a question that sometimes doesn't go down that well. What song would you pl have played at your funeral? I would have. So there's a song called, right, you know what? Give me five seconds. Let me get the song title. I don't know. Yes. I d it depends. Because I kind of like to just go for like something fun. If I was going to be serious, it'd probably be like a slow dive song. Maybe like when the sun hits. Yeah. Like everyone was crying. Um, <laughs> but I would kind of probably more want to go with like, maybe like some scissor sisters or something. Yeah. Keep it light. You know? That'd be good. Yeah. I'm all about keeping it light. Yeah. Yeah. Let's have a peek. Let's have a peeky by scissor sisters. That would be great. <laughs> so at my funeral, I want everyone to be absolutely devastated. Of course. <laughs> so I'm going to have Horizon Variation by Max Richter which is one of the saddest pieces of music I've ever heard in my whole life. Oh, wow. It's quite famous. Um, it's like all strings and piano and shit. Um, but it is, you know what, if, if you're having the best day of your life and you hear that song, you're going to cry. It's so sad. So at a funeral, that is awful. But also, <laughs> my dad wants um, My Ass Is On Fire by, I think it's Mr. Bungle or some shit like that. I don't even know. Um, it's just really dumb song. Um, so that's also quite funny. When, uh, actually, when my, when my granddad died, we were, we were at a funeral, me and my brother sat next to each other and like the doors open and I carry on with the coffin and it's like, da 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 And it was, it was Africa by Koto that my mum had chosen. And, and me and my brother had to, I had to, I had to leave because I was laughing so much. <laughs> Honestly, iconic. That is fucking awesome. That is iconic. Yeah. Well, I said, I was like, afterwards I was like, mum, why the fuck did you choose that song? And she was like, oh, it was like one of his most played songs on his iPod. Uh, iPod. And I was like, well, what was the most played one? And she said, hello by Lionel Richie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only she'd gone for the latter. I know, I know, imagine. That would have been, uh, well, you know, Africa's pretty fucking, pretty fucking yeah. spot on. I felt like I was like in another, I felt like, I was like, surely this isn't real right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last question. What advice would you give your younger self? Stop sleeping with boys that don't like you. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably give myself that advice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, older, older boys, they're not, it's not a cool thing. It's not, it's not a cool thing. It's because they can't get girls their own age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when you're snogging your female friends and <laughs> feeling up your female friends, it means that you're gay. It doesn't mean <laughs> that you're practicing. <laughs> Basically, it's all sex related, I think. <laughs> it's all sex and relationships related because my hormones were flying and all my life just revolved around that. Yeah. Also, I would say, I would say to myself that you're not weird at school. Everyone else is just a dick. There yeah. you go. Yeah, stick, stick to your guns. It's going to work out. That's yeah. fucking, that's bang on. Okay. Yeah. Do you think either of you would listen? Do you know, I, I think about it sometimes because I'm like, I, I, I didn't, I didn't have a very good time in school. And I'm like, if, if I knew someone like me, then it probably been a good thing. I think I just like, didn't know anyone like me, you know, so I probably yeah. would be receptive to it. 
I would have been. No, but the boy, boys, absolutely not. I would have totally um, done that again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's what you're taught to do, though. Like, you're taught that that is, I think, you kind of grown up, everything sort of centred on, you know, finding, like, someone to marry and, like, finding a good job. And I don't everything. think I wanted to get, I don't think I was in it for marriage, to be honest. I wish I could be horny like I was when I was 16 again. I was supposed to feel that. It's like, it's crazy. You know, I'm going to regret this. Yeah, I'm going to regret this. Uh, honestly, every interview. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it goes bad. I've given NME so many good clickbait articles that they've not chosen. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you so much for coming on and doing this today yeah thank you for having us big fan of the band well i'll be at the uh october 22nd gig so oh sick yeah, yeah. well we'll see you there yeah all right well, thanks again so much i really appreciate it all right have a great night bye, bye. bye. thank you thanks bye-bye so there we are episode three witch fever how great was that? During the episodes, you would have heard snippets from tracks from their brand new album, Congregation, which is, ah, oh, I can't tell you enough how good it is. It's got such a fresh, doom, punky sort of vibe to it, man. It's like, it's, it's fucking great. They've also got this EP from like 2021 called Reincarnate. Oh man, it's so good. Available, obviously, on all streaming platforms or wherever you buy your music. Buy vinyl. Mate, if you haven't noticed already, I'm a massive fan. Also went to watch them live at Rough Trade East, and they were, they were brilliant, man. They were so good. So if you haven't seen them live yet, get involved. They've just got off tour with the Nova Twins, actually. So, man, they're going to be on fire. So look up the next Witch Fever show and get involved. I want to say a big thanks to Amy from Witch Fever's PR team for making that possible today and helping that happen. Thank you so much. And a big shout out to the Machine Crew for the love and support. I think it would be... Sorry, I'm just going to get serious for a a small second. Because I think it would be uh, wrong of me to not sort of touch on the subject of the behaviour that the band have had to put up with at some gigs. And it's quite fucking infuriating for me, to be honest. Because there's no fucking place for that in any creative space or anywhere ever and I don't want to sound like I'm not trying to come across all preachy or whatever but like this is fucking bullshit and if anyone that were in any of the bands from those nights or you know anyone who's behaved like that at all and you just so happen to be listening shame on you man anyway sorry um just don't be a prick Hey, it's easier to not be a prick, so don't be one. Anyway, thank you all for taking the time out to listen to this episode. You honestly have no idea how much it means to me. Thank you all so much. Hopefully I'll see you at the next one if you enjoyed it. Take care of yourself. Don't be a dick. Thank you for listening to the Band Before the Band Before podcast. I was Chaz Langston. You were you. We are all one. Peace.